Hi, I'm Marcy Landy. Today is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021, and this is the Cult of Kindness podcast. I hope that you're all doing well. Uh, This is the last week of April. Like all of the other months, this month seems to have really just come and gone very quickly. (laughs) But uh, it was a good month for me. I hope that it was for you all. Um, Being on this kindness journey, I know, is certainly helpful. Um, It's, you know, a constant class that uh, we're taking part of. And... Um, it's just very energizing for me. I hope that it is for you also to uh, wake up and know exactly how you want to contribute to the world and make a difference. Um, I hope that you're all enjoying this. If this is your first episode, welcome. What the Cult of Kindness podcast is about is um, I consider it a masterclass for those of us that are on a kindness journey. I realize that uh, not all of us are on the same journey at the same level, I should say. So it's for all of us. It's for those of us who have always been kind, those of us who feel as though we are not very kind, uh, but know that we should be, and those of us that feel a bit timid about being kind because we don't want our kindness taken for weakness. It is for all of us, for all of you. I welcome you. Be here now I can't take credit for that I'd love to (laughs) but that is a quote by Ram Das and I do want you to be here now I want you to be present in this moment Uh, this is a fun journey for all of us something that is important and uh, I hope that you find um, enlightening and fun You know, it's uh, not meant to be something that uh, is like a course where the teacher is cracking the whip, demanding you learn. This is for all of us. Uh, Even the kindest person could use a refresh or an ongoing, you know, memo, note to self of what you need to do to encourage yourself and others to be so. I have another quote for you. Love and work are the cornerstones of our humanness. And that is by Dr. Sigmund Freud. This week, uh, we continue to discuss The Rabbit Effect by Dr. Kelly Harding. And this week, we're going to focus on um, work life, how work life can leave us feeling tattered or it can leave us completely refreshed. And, and, Literally, if we're not refreshed or we're in a job where we're making the amount of money we want to make, but we're completely stressed out and we look much older than we actually are, uh, you're not going to be kind. You're stressed out, uh, you're highly fatigued, and you know, like your chi is off. There's a lot of problems there. And this week we're going to be discussing possible things you can do to help yourself in a, your career or possibly leave your career and move on to the career that best suits you. Because, and I really do believe this, uh, when you are emotionally rich, the rest will follow. You have to start with uh, 
peace of mind in your heart and body when you go to work, if that peace of mind is sucked out of you, well, you're losing. You may make 500,000 plus a year, but you're losing because your emotional well-being is everything. You really will not have a thing if you're rich, stressed, and in poor health. We really need to assess all of that. 40% of Americans report their job is being very or extremely stressful. 40%. That is nearly half of us. And really, is it surprising? You know, there are so many of us that work for the money and not for the peace of mind. I oftentimes recall sitting at a, a job I had in Southern California. This was about 2007 or eight. And I recall looking out the window and feeling like, oh, I wish I was out there. It's a beautiful day. And you know, I didn't necessarily just want to be out there goofing around. I just want to be want it to be out there. And I realized I am not making a difference right now sitting where I'm sitting. I am making money to pay my bills, but this is not fulfilling. It is not fulfilling and it you know, other than enjoying my coworkers, it wasn't enough. You know, it is possible for all of us to have more. And like I said, if, if you're making enough to cover your bills, but you're, you're not happy, then there's a whole other set of issues, issues there that really need to be confronted. Let's talk about general adaptation syndrome or GAS. That describes the pattern of responses that the body goes through after being prompted by a stressor. And this week we're talking about work stressors. If you don't have peace of mind while you're at work or you have a coworker that drives you up the wall and around the corner or a boss that does not listen to you, uh, be it simplistic or important, uh, those are our stressors. Those are all things that contribute to a negative peace of mind. And that doesn't just happen on your seven to four or eight to five at work. Once you leave work, that stays with you. You don't leave your job at the office. <laughs> you take it home with you. And now during these times of COVID, you know, maybe we have the ease of working from our home, but whatever we've had to deal with emotionally, if it was emotionally draining, it's no bueno. And you know, like we have to, we're in control. We can curb that. I think it's very hard sometimes when people are thinking of financially what they need to do. But sometimes you really have to look at, uh, yes, I'm making a quarter of a million dollars, but am I being a good mother? And I, am I being a good partner? Am I being good to myself? The immediate stress responses are helpful for staying alive, believe it or not. There is healthy stress, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Healthy stress. But stress that is 
really eating you alive. And you know you've come across individuals who will say, I'm 45 years old and you really are taken aback because unfortunately they look tattered. And this isn't a tatter necessarily from life experiences. It's a tattered from working their tails off. They aren't working in a job where, or a career, I should say, where they feel needed or empowered or like they're able to help the world. They're working to work and to maintain or what they feel is maintain their bills, their rent, their mortgage. But there's such a larger issue to all of that. I don't know if you're familiar with aloe. I'm going to butcher this. Allostatic load. It's the wear and tear of the body. And we've all experienced that. Intentional or unintentional. You know, sometimes we're doing things that we're simply delighting in, but it still has wear and tear on the body, as too much of anything isn't good. So, if too much of our favorite thing isn't good, imagine too much overworking at a job that you're not completely dedicated to. It's no longer fulfilling. It's no longer creating a greater good. It is taxing and it's wearing and tearing on your body. Excessive, prolonged stress from your career can take its toll and cause disease, infection, heart attack, cancer. Work stress can also cause poor eating habits. Yeah, I mean, you know, In this day and age, I have been ever so fortunate to create my career path through the Cult of Kindness podcast, through my organic skincare line, through my wellness site. No, it doesn't feel like work. I am able to put my heart and soul into things that I believe in. And I think that others sometimes feel like they are not capable when they have what they feel financial obligations. We all have financial obligations that we need to take care of. But some people, unfortunately, are unable to realize, no, you, if you don't have a cushy savings, (laughs) you may not be able to quit that day and start on your path to what you want to do. But you definitely should be focused on that because you do not want to retire at age 62 or whatever age you retire from, from a dead-end career. And also, when you're doing what you love, you may or may not retire. If you love it and it does not feel like work to you, it's your heart's work. You may tend to ease up at times or go in more at times. 
but you don't think of it as something you want to retire from one day because it is your life's work. And some people, be it having children or lots of financial obligations, do not feel as though they can make the choice to one day stop working for a dead-end job and go into something that their heart is passionate about. We're all capable of it. Granted, you need a game plan. You need a game plan. And if you are passionate about it and feel like you can do it, do it. You will save yourself. You will add years to your life. And going back to work stress can cause poor eating habits. Absolutely. I recall uh, I used to love to watch Good Day LA when I lived in Los Angeles. And <laughs> while just watching Julian Barbary and laughing at her, sometimes I wouldn't leave home until like 7.40, which at that point, although I lived about 10 or 15 minutes from my job, was too late. And have I had breakfast? No. I had not. So I'm uh, grabbing a small bag of chips. That's not breakfast. Uh, or just stopping by um, like 7-Eleven prior to getting to work, picking up an energy drink and Doritos. Not good. Uh, not good at all, you know. And I knew it. You know, I might have enjoyed it, but I am not starting the day off correctly by eating Doritos and an energy drink. I can have an energy drink, but maybe a breakfast sandwich or something with it. And, you know, it was like, uh, I was not excited to go to my job. I just knew I need to go to work. Uh, but I feel like if you have a your proper flow happening, you're going to wake up at a sensible time, you're gonna make sure you have breakfast, you make time uh, to spend with your loved ones before you're able to, or you need to head out. Um, but when you're just doing something to do it or to make a buck real quick, you know, so that all your things are covered, you, it is not a lifestyle. And if it is a lifestyle, it's not a lifestyle that is favorable for you. And that it, <laughs> It really is a lifestyle change to make the decision to step into a career that is positive for you, mind, body, and soul, which in turn will allow you to spread kindness to the world and your loved ones because you're not stressed out and just completely in over your head. You're able to breathe freely. You're able to organize. You're happy about what you're doing. You're able to help others. You see that it's just a complete domino effect. And if you're in a career that you're not happy with, it is a complete domino effect in the opposite direction, which pardon my French may equal a shit show. You're not happy. No one around you is happy. Uh, you know, people groan and roll their eyes when they see you coming. And that may not even be your true character. You're just stressed out. And who wants to live like that? No one. You're completely capable of controlling your destiny. But you do need a game plan. And that game plan is worth it to add years to your life, 
to be kind and helpful to people. And it's the ultimate self-care. Some of the happiest, most well-adjusted people don't necessarily have a lot of material wealth or the corner office, but they do feel pride in their work. They do feel pride in their work. If you've got two cars that have $800 a month car payments, <laughs> but you're at a job that you loathe, where are you winning? You're not winning. You're perhaps just driving your car to and from work to get groceries, <laughs> to pick up children, to take your dogs somewhere. Where's the happiness? Where is the contentment? And definitely you can do all of this and be content. This is specifically about being in a job or career that does not make you happy. Happiness is possible in your career, at your place of work. You have to make the decision and you have to be mindful of what you're doing and what you want the outcome to be starting today. If you haven't done so, think about it. If you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and you have bags under your eyes and you find yourself stopping by Target or something to get something that conceals under eye circles, no, don't conceal it. Figure out a way so that you don't have under eye circles. It's possible and it is a lifestyle change and your career is a part of that and you can do it. You can completely do it. When people feel socially supportive in their work environment, they can make their own decisions and feel rewarded. And when they feel appreciated, they're able to find their flow. I'm sure you've even possibly said the term, oh, I got to find my flow. I need to find my flow. I found my flow. <laughs> Finding your flow is just a playful state of mental absorption in a task. And that equals joy. I'll say it again for the people in the back. Finding your flow is a playful state of mental absorption in a task, and that equals joy. And if you're hearing me when I say, if you do enjoy the job or the career you've chosen, it's very, very important. Actually, I should say whether you found that or you're en route to making that change so that you can get to the job or career that brings you joy, no matter what, it's important that you take a renewal break. And what a renewal break is, is simply taking five, taking a beat. Taking a beat is 
you give yourself 30 minutes to take a walk, to perhaps listen to your favorite podcast, wink, wink. (laughs) Hopefully you have a superior that is not super anal and understands that you need to renew and refresh yourself. That should not be a problem. As if you want someone to be able to perform and give their all to what they're doing, they're gonna need a break. Not just a five minute smoke break, a break to renew themselves daily, not a couple of times a week, daily. And it says that renewal breaks, short walks, etc. It meaning <laughs> the chapter that I was reading in the rabbit effect. I was on chapter four, which is focusing on work balance and making sure you're doing things with a clear head and not driving yourself to distraction because of your career and the stress of it. But 50% that participate in renewal breaks are more productive on their jobs. I mean, this isn't rocket science. Of course, if you're able to take a break, you're going to feel more productive ultimately. Because even if you're doing, let's say, a jigsaw puzzle, and you're like, oh, I really want to find this particular piece, you've got to take at least a 10-minute break sometimes and step away, or you will drive yourself nuts. (laughs) You have to step away. And then you come back and you're like, oh my gosh, it was so easy. I found it in like two minutes. (laughs) You know, you have to take a break sometimes. And the, the ability to get back on track after you've done so, you see it every time. It's just priceless and the point. I also liked a quote that I found in this chapter. A job with mere flexibility is a better bonus than more stock options. How about that? A job with mere flexibility is a better bonus than more stock options. Yeah, let that one sink in. That's that's so great. That is so great. Because emotionally rich matters a lot. Some people find that out backwards. But start off emotionally rich. It is so important. And even if you aren't able to just start off there, if you're able to find emotional wealth, you're cooking with grease, as they say. We're not mentally present in what we're doing half of the time. Studies show that we're happiest when we're living in the moment. Mind wandering precedes unhappiness. Of course. When our mind wanders, we end up in the oddest places. We can either end up recalling a fantastic memory or a memory that causes us to question what we're doing or question a choice that we cannot go back and fix. 
it's so present it's so important to be present in the moment and to learn that we're happiest when we're living in the moment if nothing else during the times of covid i feel that we all learned how to be present in the moment we were all forced to slow down and boy did we all need it because we definitely all were doing the most be it good or bad we were doing the most we definitely needed to slow down and reset i wish it hadn't been from something so dramatic and deadly but practicing the practices of stoicism if i'm taking good from that our ability to reset and reevaluate what is important is what we all received from this past year that was rewarding Spain has a culturally sanctioned nap time Did you know that a culturally sanctioned nap time The nap time has reduced the risk of heart attack more than 50% more than 50%. Going back to breaks, renewal breaks, stretch breaks, snack breaks, preferably a healthy snack. I know that we're all capable of a bit of chocolate or <laughs> another butter here and there. But breaks change our outcome for the positive. Self-care is most important to preserve your well-being, allowing you to be the pillar for others. I'm saying it again. Self-care is most important to preserve your well-being and it allows you to be the pillar for others. Now, seeing pillar for others, think of that as being kind to others, being able to help others. You're not rushed or angry. You're feeling good, you're calm. You're able to give the best because you are able to manage yourself a lot better because you feel at ease with your workflow, you feel at ease with your life flow. It's up to you to make that decision that you can do it. At which you can and forward forward you go. For the managers who are listening, it's so important to support and manage your employees value their autonomy help both humans and organizations by doing this by making sure the people who work for you feel heard and understood it helps your organization it is a win-win and it's not hard think about it would you want to deal with an asshole if it's your position but someone else is in your position and they're an asshole. Do you want to deal with that? No. The power that is in kindness 
overrules the power of being an asshole. There is no power in being an asshole. You're just being one. <laughs> and encourage your employees to keep a good time journal. This is a way for them to keep notes on what they find fun or meaningful at work. Periods and patterns of positive workflow that will help them find the joy. And I'm going back to talking to all of us. It will help us all find the joy. Work-life balance. Yeah, it's not just a little quote you read somewhere. That's real. And it's up to you. Mind, body, and soul. Yes, you want to make a living. You want to have a beautiful life. You've got to make sure you're emotionally straight before you're financially straight. And you may laugh at that, but it's so true. Believe me. And I'm going to leave that with you. I love you all. And I really hope that you enjoyed this week's Cult of Kindness podcast. Take care.